The following podcast features discussions of an adult nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. I am your favorite Uncle Forrest. So last week, you might have remembered, we had Alan on. It was really great, but something happened specifically with Lauren where we were had been talking about Brody and his 10-inch monster. We were doing depth training, and unfortunately, she could not make it out. And I found out she's still what I like to call digmatized, so she will not be here for this episode, but we're she might be coming back in the next week or so. But in Alan's episode last week, we had talked about his sir, Eric Crow. So I thought it was only necessary that we bring in the sir himself. So please welcome to the one, the only, Eric Crow. Eric, welcome to Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, so you, so you're Mr. Long Beach Leather, right? You're the current title holder. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, perfect. So how did I mean? So how does it feel to like? have the title and especially like working towards that it is definitely a game changer okay uh in terms of how i relate to the title currently Mm -hmm. uh that things that i didn't have to do with uh previous titles that i had that now it's the only way that we can have interaction or exchange uh and be safe yeah, absolutely. I can imagine, like, especially, like, with bondage, because, like, in and fetish, like, even talking with Alan and even just for people who kind of have, a like, a somewhat working knowledge of it is that connection is very important. And I feel like yes. COVID has definitely fucked people and not in the good way. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I'm assuming that is true for you as well. Yeah, no Vaseline. Oh, man. <laughs> they just they go bite the fucking pillow, bitch. And you're like, ah! <laughs> so you had mentioned you'd had other titles and stuff before. What other titles have you had? I had a, a longstanding connection with the San Diego leather community. Still do. It's 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 my home and it will always be. Mm-hmm. Um, and for while I was there, that was where I, I did my coming out, my second coming out as a bear, and then eventually uh, embraced myself as a leather boy. Mm. Um, and so in like a five-year time period, uh, I was uh, as active as I'd ever been in the, the larger gay community. Yeah. Um, and I had the title of Mr. San Diego Bear 2003. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. San Diego Eagle 2005, San Diego, as in the San Diego Eagle, the bar. Yeah, because we had, so for those of you who don't know, so about a few weeks ago, I had my first experience to an actual leather bar, and it was Eagle 562, which Joey is the title holder for. And then there's the Eagle LA. So it's, so most people, I don't think people realize that like the Eagle's like a well-known bar, like leather bar. To, and that's mm-hmm. kind of like, especially for like leather, those of us, those of you in the community, that's like a major place to be and to go. So it's yes. very, it's very fascinating. So where did you, how did you get into like leather and to that whole scene? Uh, before I, before I uh, get delve into that, I want to explain a little more that the Eagle is like a brand name, but it's not a franchise. Okay. So, because I hear, sometimes I hear every once in a while that people will think that all the bars are, all the Eagles are like owned by the same same company or the same owner. And no, it's very, it's still very much independent, but it is one of the most recognizable uh, names in the leather community. Mm -hmm. Um, So just, just wanted to put that out there. Sounds good. 
So as far as my beginnings, uh, they started uh, on a therapist's couch <laughs> because I was having some unconventional uh, things pop in my head. Some, you know, some, I wouldn't have called them fantasies at that point, but yes, they were. Mm -hmm. And I was in various clubs and organizations. And then it was actually through my church, Metropolitan Community Church, that mm -hmm. that proved to be the gateway into the barren leather communities. Because in the choir where I sang, there were a few people that had been in the life, in the leather life, as, as we call it, uh, for a while. Yeah. So it was very interesting to talk to them. And it was, it's conversation on a different level, you know, beyond the, beyond church, you know, so it's, it's, it's not church. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you find yourself saying God and calling out the Lord's name, but you know, hey. In a whole different way, in a whole <laughs> right. different oh, meaning and oh, understanding. Yes. So I had been talking online uh, on a site called gay.com. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, and this was, um, this was, they had uh, various chat rooms and two, the two chat rooms that I would go into were the bear chat room and the leather chat room. Mm -hmm. And the, I made the first connection in the bear chat room because I'm not the conventional image that people think of. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when I, in 1999, well, that was one of the roughest years for me because I lost both my parents and a relationship that I thought was the one. Oh, yeah. And I found myself uh, getting resituated in San Diego and actually loving it. But at the same time, I was sitting in one of the regular bars that I would go to and looking around and saying, well, you know, <laughs> I didn't come back to San Diego just to find a better bar scene. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I came here to find connection and mm. people, not necessarily who were like-minded, but people I could be myself around as, as a 30-year-old 30 30 -year man as opposed to being 25. Mm -hmm. And so I started in these chat rooms and started chatting with a, a bear. His name was Jeff, and he was one of the, on, on the board of directors for Bear San Diego. Mm, okay. And so over the course of, I'd say, five or six months, he would always invite me to events. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, because of this activity or that, or just some reservations, I, I would always say, well, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll think about it. And so I did finally decide to take them, take him up on his offer. Mm -hmm. And it was also the weekend of the Mr. Bear San Diego contest. Oh, okay. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that was my first, that was my entrance into it. And it was at a bar called Wolf's, which is, is closed now. But mm -hmm. Wolf's was one of the leather bars in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, I can get into as many details as you want, but it was one of those situations. I'd been to Wolves before, mm -hmm. but as soon as I stepped in that time, I knew something was different. I knew it was like a, a, a turning point. You felt the nasty like coming out and you're like, hi, I'm here. Like a nice big hug. Oh, mm -hmm. isn't that always interesting when you, when, especially when you've been to a specific place like a few times and it just doesn't seem right. And then you go in one other time in a completely different point that you didn't know if you were going to be interested in and it's just like oh this feels good it's a good feeling and i love that yeah. and i found that like especially more recently especially with the the newer friend groups that i have going to those spaces has been a lot more rewarding for me if mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah you know like especially like going to eagle 562 for the very first time it was a very interesting experience but something that like granted it was the first day of its reopening and so there wasn't a lot of debauchery to be had mm -hmm. i still prep for it because mm -hmm. you never know you may as well but i feel like too it was a good 
starting place to go and it was really nice and even even having someone like joey there was really nice because joey is he's sassy and he and he he got a little bit sassy to him but he's also a genuinely a great person and is like here let me come with let me here's my wing get underneath it and Mm -hmm. that was a good place to start and even like when i got to meet you for the first time you know it's granted not a community that I would necessarily be like fully delved into, but it's something fun to learn about and be very yes. interested and be willing to try. And so it's fascinating. Those moments when you realize like, oh, this is for me, is mm-hmm. a very interesting feeling to have. Yeah, so it, it is context dependent. Yes. The way you feel, because mm-hmm. one, one of the stories that I tell is that the first item of leather that I ever bought was a zippered vest, a zippered mm-hmm. sleeveless leather vest. Yeah. And I had no clue what I was doing. I, I just wanted to buy it. I was mm-hmm. I was at a store in San Diego, hard labor leather. Mm, okay. And so it was the typical store that you think of. And I bought I bought the vest and you know, I did not go to the Eagle in San Diego at that time or the place where the Eagle would would become. I went to a sports bar called Flicks. I uh, have heard of Flicks. <laughs> I have heard of Flicks. That's not a leather bar. Oh, no, no. (laughs) No, no, no. It's it. But I stood there, you know, proud as hell of myself in that vest and was like looking around, but still, you know, wondering why isn't anybody paying attention to me? It's like, because you're in the wrong place. So I kind of, I put that aside. But then going fast forwarding to the time stepping in wolves, Mm -hmm. like very much like what you experienced, I had Mm -hmm. that person to guide me in. Mm-hmm. And like, also like what you what you said with Joey being sassy. This my friend Jeff has his moments where he feels like the cock of the walk. Mm-hmm. And so I walked in. There's two, and there's two sections of the bar, mm-hmm. and I saw him in the front, and he was just strutting like a peacock. And I said to myself, "Well, this must be. It must mean something that mm-hmm. he feels like that, that he feels that secure in himself to mm-hmm. just be, yeah, what, you know, be that way." And, um, yeah, no, I, I love that. I love having this conversation about tribal knowledge and how people learn, especially like how different the times have changed from, you know, 1999 back when, you know, when you first started really going into it versus now in 2021 and how more accepting a lot of things are and how more open people are to certain experiences. So my question then is getting into, be kind of like initiated into the scene, if that makes, if that, if that sounds about right. Was there any, what, like what sort of reservations did you have when you first went into it? I didn't have reservations walking in, Mm -hmm. but once I began to become aware of all that was going to, all that was going on and all that was going to go on, Mm -hmm. then sort of reservations appeared kind of out of nowhere Mm -hmm. that, and it took me by surprise, the things that I would feel. But once I expressed how I felt about them, um, whether it was to a mentor or or a sir, then, you know, Mm -hmm. it made sense. It clicked to me Mm. why, why I felt that. Yeah. So did you start off as, I'm assuming you didn't start off as a sir. I feel like you, it takes, you always kind of start in as boy or like the, the the fresh pup and you're like, okay, let me see where I go. So how does that work in terms of like uh, the dynamics of a relationship like that? Because mm-hmm. that's something that I'm still trying to get used to. That depends as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, old and dear friends that have always been a leather sir or daddy or daddy bear or mm-hmm. master. 
Yeah. But then I have other people that gravitated into that because in, in a lot of the cases, you start out as a boy or a submissive and you gravitate towards it, mm-hmm. towards the, the top side of things. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the things that my daddy, who collared me, made clear to me was that I was his boy and part of his training was to make me a top or a dom, to make me into one of him. Because mm-hmm. there's, there's that running joke that every major city in California is a city of bottoms. Yes, very much so. You are absolutely <laughs> and, correct. <laughs> and I don't know that I have ever experienced that because I just seek it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't want to go by like what everybody says. Mm-hmm. There is There is something to the idea that you need people that will approach and you need you, you have people that need to be approached yeah absolutely and i i can be either way okay so would you consider yourself then as like a switch or okay that make okay yes. that makes sense specifically a table turning switch Ooh, which please means do that, tell <laughs> which means i mean i as near as i can tell that used to be called flipping the top Um, I don't, I don't, I don't go into it like that, that, you know, that, that kind of, but you know, like if there's a, if it calls for it Mm -hmm. in the middle of a scene, I'll change the role and do something that's not expected of, of a submissive. Like I will, I, the the thing that I remember is licking somebody's boots while I was skanking their ass at the same time. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) In fact, I, I, I would just encourage it. Mm-hmm. So then, okay, so what are your like major kinks that like, okay. f- like type of thing that you like having in a scene? Cause I remember like Alan was saying that he really likes wax play, impact. And there was one other thing he said, but like, what are some of yours? The, I'll start out with what, uh, what I flag as far as the hanky code. Ooh, Joey, yeah. we did talk about that with Joey. <laughs> so give me your hankies, what do you got? All right, on the left, I flag red. Okay. Black. That can be a little touchy with some people because the black black hanky you have to earn, no matter okay. which side. I flag. Those are the two main ones on the left. On the oh, and white. So for those of you who don't know, Joey kind of we had been talking about it, but just as refresher, if it's left, it's top dominant side. If it's on the right, it's on more bottom submissive side. But in color wise, red is red and black and white are what specifically? Okay. So red is fisting. Ah, okay. And black is the SM hanky, but it's heavy SM. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And then white is one of those weird ones because white means jacking off. Okay. But normally it's flipped around a little bit because you sig- you wear it on the left to signify that you like having that. Mm-hmm. And if you are if you flag it on the right, that means you like doing it. Okay, I see that. Interesting. So, okay, now I need to talk about the fisting because the fisting mm-hmm. is always, there are some people who just don't understand the concept and mm-hmm. it, it's, fisting's not for everybody. It's not for every hole. It's not for every fist. So like, what was your first experience with it and how did you, were you, mm. did you get fisted first or were you the fister? No, I, I, I top. Ah, that's, one, okay. that's one of the things that I can't do as a bottom. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Is there a reason why? It's just medical reasons. Ah, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Yeah. I think my my major thing was is like I like my butthole the the tightness and the way that it is. I'm like, and I don't mm-hmm. want to mess with that. <laughs> Actually, that's a, that's a good point to talk about is because just like any other muscle, yeah. If you work it out, mm-hmm. then you can 
you can have successful and happy and glorious and cum busting scenes. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> Uh, and still keep everything in check. Yeah, absolutely. That's why people that are fisting bottoms will also try to seek out, and just anybody that is into heavy stuff, will try to seek out medical professionals that are kink friendly. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you're talking to your doctor and you don't, and he doesn't know, uh, he or she doesn't know that you're into that and you just mm-hmm. all of a sudden go into it and they don't have the understanding of it, that's a lot of trouble that yeah. you're asking for um, in terms of ignorant trouble. Absolutely. Is there any particular kinks that are completely like never going to happen for you? Brown. Same, same thing. I don't, I my, my biggest thing is, is it's for me, I feel like degraded when it comes to that, especially if someone's like, let me shit on you. And you're like, no, that's not my thing. But like, like, what are your thoughts on the whole thing as well? Well, because, I mean, it's been, it's, it'll be 20 years for me in the community in August. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is that I'm clear on what I'm not going to do. Yeah. Yet, I, I'm, and especially because I have, if you can see the sash hanging yep. in the back of me, mm-hmm. um, my job is not to do anything but ask you what you like, about what you like. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm in a, you know, if we're in a conversation space in a bar and you happen to bring up that you do like a particular hanky color that I don't, Mm-hmm. or don't that I don't feel mm-hmm. um, I put that aside because I my platform is to seek out new individuals new people yeah. or people that I have not seen and, and engage in conversations with them mm-hmm. and that would can you imagine the turnoff that would be if they brought up that well I like this and I, I and I do the equivalent of ill and walk away yeah no no absolutely well Joey was saying the same thing he's like my job is to basically guide people in the direction of people who do enjoy those things because he's like i there are things that i don't like and he goes and i will openly admit that he goes but it's because of the title now and having been at eagle 562 for so long that he is able to know people who are able to guide that person in the right direction which i think is a a, a good thing and that's especially like with the way that certain sections of gay tend to get very judgmental on, it's always nice to have people who mm-hmm. are very understanding and saying, yes, I want to try that. May not be what I'm interested in, but yes. I do know someone who can help you get there, which I think is important. Definitely. And if it introduce, and it will introduce that person to, putting them on the path will introduce them to all the people they need to know. And in some cases, know and then not associate with. Yes. Because it's just like any other situation. You are going to sniff your way through. And if you don't like something, if you sniff it and you don't like it, just like, you know, just like a, a puppy, just like a dog would or a pup mm-hmm. would, if you sniff it and you don't like it, you just sort of move on. Yeah, absolutely. What is, is there a kink that you haven't tried that you're like, I'm kind of curious Ooh. about it? <laughs> Granted, you've been in the game for a while. So I'd feel like it, you, there's a couple things. Obviously, you've tried mm-hmm. almost everything, it seems like. Wow. <laughs> well, I can sort of segue that. I can answer that by segueing into what I flag on the right. Okay, go for it. So on the right, I flag purple, which is piercing. Ooh. And this okay. is not in this is not in the sense of body jewelry. This is temporary piercing. Yes. So clay piercing, hook suspension pull, hook pulls, and Ooh. suspension pulls. So the oh. sort of the then tri- that's the tribal that's the tribal aspect of it. Um, mm-hmm. And so if I were, you know, thinking through all of that to have a piercing scene 
where, gosh, and I'm not, I'm going to botch this. It's okay. We're here to learn. We're here to learn. <laughs> where you get pierced, but then they thread your, it, like on, say on the back, but then they thread you. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I can just hear the people say, and then they're going to thread you. <laughs> <laughs> to make fun, to say it's like I should know this, but you know. I mean, but yeah. the thing is too is like you know, new kings come alive. You know, every day there's new things. So you know, sometimes you aren't gonna know what certain things are, but now that you have been made aware of it. Mm -hmm. Then you go into kind of do more research and go exactly, okay, what exactly is this? Who's doing it? How does it work? And, you know, and, but that's how we as a community grow. Yes. And I think even as a, in the fetish community, that's how people grow. And that's how you start mm -hmm. to uncover a little bit more about yourself, if that yes. makes sense. Yes. Okay. So I know that Alan referred to you as sir. How do you refer to Alan in the relationship that you have? Is it boy or is it something else? Son. Son. Okay. Yes. Interesting. I'm okay. So now I'm kind of curious, like how does that daddy son kind of dynamic go? Is it always just been that way? Or is it like, how does that, how does something like that form? For me, that's a, uh, well, a newish space or it's a space about halfway, 10 years ago, I had some experiences where I was the son. Mm-hmm. And also, but even going back before that, I would be a top sexually, mm -hmm. but in a submissive position. Okay. That's not typically what we think of mm -hmm. or what is thought of from the person who's in the role of boy. Mm -hmm. That makes uh, sense. But, you know, as things grow and change over time and as generations pass, things get added, things get taken out. Mm -hmm. It's flux. Yeah, I agree on that one, that things are never like solidified period because things have changed i mean even yes. just the concept of gender has changed mm -hmm. and how people express themselves has changed so it would only make sense that leather and fetish and all of that are never set in stone either and those things kind of work especially because like i am the power mm -hmm. i'm power bottom i okay i talk I say shit back. Uh, okay. If that makes sense. So yes. like perfect example, I, I told the story before, but I think you'll get a kick out of this one. So I had a one night, one night stand on my birthday. This was a, several years ago, hung out. He offered to drive me home. I was like, sure, no big deal. Start making out in his car. We drove to the back of the target next to my place. We start fucking and I don't know what happened. Something just urged me to just say, I'm hands and knees, he's behind me, and I literally just go, is that the best you fucking got? <laughs> okay. And fucker decided to go harder, and I was like, oh shit, hold back. So, you know, I, I kind of egg guys on a little bit and mm -hmm. kind of say some shit to like roughly, to kind of make them get a little angry and start to go harder. So, you know, I, I tend to, I've also been told I'm bratty. I'm a bratty person, okay. which I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So power, bratty power bottom is the title <laughs> of my memoir. Okay. That's what that shit is. I have in mind to tell you about one of the raunchiest days I had. Oh, please do. Please do. So there was an event called IBR, which stands for International Bear Rendezvous. Okay. This was one of the four events in the crown of bear community events. Okay. These were the events that you that you were to, that you had to show up to. That's where the tribe gathered. Yes. And this is also was the home of the International Mr. Bear contest. Okay. So just like IML International Mr. Leather, the bear community had the 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 high point mm -hmm. 
uh, events as well. And that was that was the one because they would choose uh, International Mr. Bear, Mr. Cub, Mr. Grizzly Bear and Mr. Daddy Bear. And it's a whole weekend convention built around that contest. And it was my first year there. And I was reporting on it for, for the club that I belong to, Bear San Diego, because I was the newsletter editor. Oh, okay. So it was my kind of my first experience. This didn't go into it, but no, we were there. And it's just something about being around other hirsute, homosexual rabble rousers like myself. It just, it's infectious. It gets inside you and you find yourself doing things that you wouldn't do. And it was the Saturday afternoon Eagle beer bust mm, at, the, okay. at the Eagle Tavern, which okay. they now call the San Francisco Eagle. Okay. And I, I came across this eyes across the room and we connected and we connected for the whole weekend. But that day it was just, it was just him and me, <laughs> wherever it was, it was him and me. And he just had the same kind of dominant energy, but he was a bottom. Mm, got it. And so I was, you know, I was very happy to fulfill that role. <laughs> in that particular scenario, wherever we were in the bar at the play party later that night, wherever we were, I just was there and I, I topped him, but I did what I was told. Mm-hmm. So that kind of ordering you around is like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or being told to hold back a little yeah. bit before the, before the big shot. <laughs> and that is just something that's uh, always been a part of me. So I, I'm actually kind of curious now, like thinking about it, what has changed about fetish and even the leather scene since you since when you started it to now what has changed it's a whole lot more open okay it is in terms of inclusivity along gender lines and other lines like that there's still a lot of work that needs to happen okay clearly yeah but compared to when i first joined it's almost like night and day Mm. you know i've been in the room where (laughs) tokenizing and fetishizing was going on but it was as i as i look back now it was normalized that that would that was to be expected of people of color or Mm -hmm. people that were not cisgender that they would go there and this is what was expected and no people are starting to speak up and say no this is not how i want to be viewed Mm -hmm. i don't want to be objectified the minute i walk into a room Uh uh-huh and, you know, this is me saying this from my experience and not being able to understand the experience of somebody who is trans because mm-hmm. I can't understand it because I'm not. I can only listen and be an, as best an ally as I can. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I remember we were talking when we first met, we met at Executive Suites, first time that I was actually there, which I was like, and yeah, out of everyone in the table, I was the only one who had had not been there yet. And something that we had talked about that was very interesting, I had asked because there's always a mister, but I was always curious to know is if there is a miss. And you had said from your knowledge that there had not been, but it was something that you were actively trying to make happen. So why is it important that we have not just a mister, but a miss? In particular, the, and this is gonna be news to my producer, <laughs> but no, <laughs> surprise. Now this is one of the things, and I'm not sure that it would happen for a few years yet, just because COVID came and messed everything up. Yeah. But there are leather women in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's my job is to seek people out, mm-hmm. you know, to see the whole community. I would idealize and dream about and even fantasize about a Ms. Long Beach leather at some point. Sooner the better, in fact. Absolutely. Yeah, because again, you know, too, like it's, you know, we do, like granted, I feel like, I get, you know this better than I do, but I feel like that Mr. 
leather has existed for so long that it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's rooted in gay culture that it's surprising that, you know, we kind of keep out the other members of the LGBT panel that's like, you know, there are those people who do want to do it, but are not even giving being given just even like a foot in the door. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that there is a little bit of diversity going in it. But something else that also fascinates me is we're so persecuted by the fact dicks like dicks and you know, that kind of thing. And there's this hatred against us, but there also happens to be infighting and these divas mm-hmm. and these personalities, especially within that whole system what are your thoughts on that like of having the like infighting even within like the leather community even though we're we are persecuted for something that we can't change but they're still infighting the the words of james baldwin come to my mind first i'm just going to paraphrase is that you're right to say whatever you want mm-hmm. ends at my nose yeah basically what i think i'm getting at is that Yes. Infighting or as, as, as I was first introduced to it, eating our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not in the fun way. <laughs> no, not in a fun way. It, it's, it's about power, wrestling for power. Mm-hmm. Say if you're on a, on a board of directors or something and there's the difficult personality types that, that always seem to clash in one way or the other. And mm-hmm. we're supposed to be a community that collaborates, in, in my mind, <laughs> collaborates for the higher ideal of the whole, gr- of the whole group, in this mm-hmm. case being the club or, or the organization and eventually the community. So ideally, that's how it's supposed to go. But, you know, personalities clash, egos clash. Mm-hmm. And it's a zero-sum kind of situation when it gets bad enough, where one side has to win at the expense of the other person, at the expense of the other side losing. Mm-hmm. So as far as the power leadership dynamics and the power dynamics, that's how that goes. Yeah, The infighting that goes on otherwise is just simply because of not listening. Not listening and not mm-hmm. hearing the other person's experience and taking it for what they are saying. Mm-hmm. And, and to, to go back to why leather women's contests are important, mm-hmm. to me it, it figures in is because not only are leather women a part of this community and ha- not only have they always been, mm-hmm. they have picked up gay men at some very dark places in, in the history of the community. Yes. Quite simply, when a- when the panic years of AIDS were hitting, mm-hmm. they came in and they took care of us on, a very pers- on very personal levels. Yeah. And they didn't have to mm-hmm. because people were actively pushing them away. Mm-hmm. There were all these gay men that all got in a place like the Castro and all of a sudden they were free yeah. to be more of, to be themselves. But for some reason they saw the presence of women in the Castro or, or other places like that as like a hindrance, not wanting to see somebody that reminded you, you of your mother mm-hmm. in an area like that. And that's a big difference now. I, I still see that happening, but it's not, to me, it's just not as flagrant. Mm. Not and people, you know, people rightfully don't feel as free to be so dismissive mm-hmm. of somebody just because of the way they look or you know yeah. who they fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think too, maybe it it may have something to do with the fact that you know that these gentlemen and these individuals want to have the debauchery, but then they feel like if there are women present that they're they're going to be basically looked down upon in the same way that you know heterosexual the norm would look down upon them which mm-hmm. i would argue is maybe not always the case like even my co-host Lauren she 
because of this show, I've introduced her to so many gay men and so much gay porn that she's like, it's fucking hot. And you're yeah. like, it's great. It's it's great when the masculine, the like the dominant gender, if that makes sense, or hopefully this doesn't sound wrong, but like when they take it all off and they go into this like, just just natural primal thing of just going at it, going at it. Mm-hmm. Something that used to be done in like Roman and the Greeks and all that other shit is hot. It's hot mm-hmm. watching two dominant men fucking go at it and just like, let's go to town. So, you know, I, I do see that there are people who are understand that they want to be involved and they want to get into it, but they also, sh- they also understand that like, there are some things that that I can't that I can't be a part of, but I want to at least respect and be like, "Go, bitch! Like you can do it," type of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. At certain events, there will be male space, female space, mm-hmm. and mixed space. Yeah, and that's a truce area that a lot of us have to each their own according to their needs. To paraphrase, these days I am more comfortable in mixed space. Mm-hmm. Because it represents the reality of what the whole community is. Yeah. But also, I, if I hadn't gone down this road, I, I wouldn't notice it as much. Mm-hmm. But I notice, definitely notice when I'm in male space. Okay. Uh, so, you know, not, and not just, the, not just the play parties, but like at a bar. Mm-hmm. And you don't see a woman walking all day long. Yeah. And I'm cognizant of that. And it's distinct. Mm-hmm. It has a character to it. Yeah, absolutely. Something else I'm very interested in, especially within our community, is how HIV has has grown, especially starting with like the AIDS crisis. And now we're having, we have PrEP, which happened several years ago. And now because of actually something very interesting, I don't know if you've heard about this, but there are now researchers who were taking the mRNA basis that we were using for COVID vaccines to develop a HIV vaccine. First of all, that's fascinating. And I'm glad that that's a thing, but like within our community, in STDs, how has that changed? The views of it. Could you be a little more specific? So like with the fact that like people would definitely be, if they found out that like, let's say for instance, you were you were positive and you'd be immediately tagged as like a untouchable, like do not touch me. Uh-huh. But because of like the advent of prep and that kind of thing, the exposures have changed. And even for positive individuals who are now becoming undetectable mm-hmm. how has that that whole conversation changed in terms of fetish and kink and things like that there's a lot more openness mm-hmm. in the kinds of conversations I, I will i will go back uh i'll answer, start that question about 13 years ago 13 okay. 14 years yeah, ago absolutely when i had to switch hiv regimen medication regimens because the old one wasn't working or stopped mm-hmm. working yeah and one of the medications that i went on because i just wanted I wanted it out of my body again, never mm-hmm. to return. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the medications they put me on was Truvada. Yep. But this was solely for H- for people with HIV. Mm-hmm. But during that time, I, that was one of the ways I flipped the script on the conversation mm-hmm. because it's the onus is always on the positive person yeah. to feel themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. When there would be a situation that, you know, it could be hot play, 
it could lead to hot players or hot sex. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring up the conversation. I would ask them for their status first. Ah. And I'd reveal mine because it put to me, it put me on it put us on a level playing field and mm-hmm. it opened them up to expressing themselves more honestly and saying things that they might not have said if I hadn't done that. Because, yeah, like as I said, the onus the onus is perceived as being on the person that is positive. But if you're in a, there was, there was that adage that you assume everyone is positive. If you're going into a situation where you're going to, where you're going to be sexually active, you know, you, you assume yeah. everyone is possible just because, you know, you, you can't afford not to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially being on prep too, like, like granted that, that it definitely helps shield you from, you know, being exposed to it. But obviously there's like a whole nother bevy of, of, of other diseases that and infections that come to play. So then I actually kind of want more advice. So I'm someone that like is sexually active and mm-hmm. I do, I, and COVID, COVID be damned has definitely put a hindrance on this sex drive that I would like to pick back up, mm-hmm. but I do continually have a, a fear of contracting something. And I think it's because of the way that I was raised, especially mm-hmm. because like, you know, lower middle class, but like lower to middle and predominantly white and just always having norm or heterosexual like content being thrown at me that those mm-hmm. catching that shit is a life changer. And it's like the end of everything. Granted, yeah. also the other thing I'll bring up too is that I had, I contracted syphilis from a from an encounter with someone who I don't think he knew he had it either. Mm. And so like, what would you say to someone like me who is, who wants to have fun and wants to go out, but still has a little bit of that, that STD fear? Like, what do you say mm-hmm. to those people? Relax. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Relax. There is the stigma beyond HIV AIDS. There is just the stigma of getting a, a sexually transmitted disease or a sexually transmitted infection mm-hmm. and then having others perceive you as dirty or slutty or, mm-hmm. yeah. or this that or the other mm-hmm. we're all humans the last time i checked <laughs> yep oh yeah we're all you know we're active gay men that find ourselves in those situations mm-hmm. and that's why i say relax is because you can only do so much to prepare yourself mm-hmm. and protect yourself yeah you're not gonna know and not everybody is gonna be Yep. open and honest yeah which is where assume everyone is positive comes from but relax <sighs> relaxing in this case i say also means just don't forget to keep getting tested for stis and stds mm-hmm. as well yeah and just there is like an intuition that if you feel like something you know pay attention to your intuition more yeah your gut level and if something doesn't seem right mm-hmm. don't do it yeah it's, it's like the, the reverse reverse of hedonism. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Yeah, absolutely. So then, okay, so have you played in leather bars and what is like the the protocol when it comes to stuff like that? Mm, consent. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, consent is sexy, ladies well, and gentlemen. Let's not forget yes, that. It, yes, it is. So there's the safe, sane, and consensual motto that used to, used to be a big thing, but now it's changed into RAC, R-A-C-K, risk-aware consensual kink. Okay. So there's that. Then there's also the motto of trust, honor, and respect, which is the creed mm. for the leather community. The specifics of what your encounters will be inside bars 
uh, hopefully are guided by a safe, sane, and consensual and risk-aware consensual game. Mm-hmm. As far as the actual play, as long as you respect the space of others around, mm-hmm. I'll put the motto in practice. As long as you respect the space of others around, say if you're flogging somebody, mm-hmm. and you got to pay attention to to the space around you and who's walking in and out because in the bars it's it, you know it gets crazy. So tight. There's a lot of naked <laughs> exactly. men around. Ooh. <laughs> and if you're not ready for a flogger to hit you in your dick. <gasps> <laughs> that that is that is uh that's a that's gonna be a surprise for you has that happened not me <laughs> not me but i'm just a little I'm, I'm i'm almost extra careful of that yeah that's also the other thing is that they're kind of the hierarchy that you will wander into with tops and bottom stoms and submissives master slave daddy boy mm-hmm. there's things like asking for permission to talk to somebody Mm-hmm. to touch them, to give them a hug, and ultimately, maybe, hopefully, to play with them yeah. in the bar. Yeah. The one thing that I am always conscious of, mm-hmm. and I do a little finger wagon there, <laughs> the one thing I'm always conscious of is what is good for the bar. Mm. Okay. And, that, you know, because if you're not street legal, which in most cases means for men means no cock, no crack, mm-hmm. you have to have like the one-inch strip up, up the jock strap of your backside, it, you can get the bar shut down. Yeah, Joey actually was telling me about that, that like there are certain things that like, especially he was saying like Eagle 562 does everything they can to follow the rules to the T, especially mm-hmm. when it came to he was there for the beer bust. He wore just his jock strap, but he had, mm-hmm. but he definitely, but he put a bandana to cover his butt crack. And you're like, damn, like that's a whole lot of, shit that's still going on that we're like like come on just let people be debaucherous and you know like in especially within the spaces mm-hmm. when they're covered when you especially like eagle 562 like i'd seen pictures of it and seen the metal but didn't realize like how high up it went and i was like i appreciate that that you know mm-hmm. let's be debaucherous but let's keep it within the space that we've created and not yeah. let it spill out which i think is i think is also very important when it comes to playing like that. And simply in terms of thinking of the human body in terms of like space, real mm-hmm. estate yeah, <laughs> kind of thing, the parts yeah. you play with, the parts you play with under the sheets represent maybe what, five, 5% of your whole body? Yeah. A whole lot more skin that you can mm-hmm. play with and you don't have to worry about any, you know, anything else legally, you know, things like, you know, nipple play or electro or mm-hmm. flogging or even single tail if, if the, there's enough space in the bar. Yeah, because it is about more than just what's between your legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's about absolutely. what's between what's between your ears, what's going on in your heart, mm-hmm. what the scene is doing to you, mm-hmm. what the scene is doing for you. Yeah, you know, and just the barriers that it helps break out. Mm-hmm. And it is it is natural in, in an environment where there's a lot of hormones and testosterone and or estrogen in, in that case mm-hmm. is is flying. And mm. kind of, you know, if you've ever just really been into somebody and you've been making out hot and heavy, you notice that kind of chemical change yeah. inside you. And mm-hmm. the same thing goes on with BDSM and kink and fetish and, mm-hmm. and all of that. The, the whole package. Mm-hmm. I'm there, you know, for my whole self. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So something else that Alan brought up that because now I have you on, I can also ask for your side of the whole thing. You and Alan have like a dom-sub relationship. Yes. Nothing romantic. It's that's what you do. But you are also in a relationship. Yes. I think the question I'm going to try, I'm trying to get at is 
how has that changed for you in relation to playing and kink and especially having like a person that you have kink with versus the relationship you have romantically with someone else? Both technically are kink relationships in, in that it's available in both. Okay. The benefit of, well, the benefit of a, any dynamic is mm -hmm. the ability to learn from the other side. Mm -hmm. Especially for me, it's what I learn from Alan mm -hmm. about my through what I observe about him and learn learn from him and apply to my can apply to myself. Mm -hmm. And that is something that you don't have to have a formalized relationship to go there. Mm -hmm. But what it is at the end of the day is it's a close friendship. Yeah. And the kind of closeness where you can have a conversation with somebody and it never it never approaches a decibel level outside the ear. Mm -hmm. So intimacy. Yeah. Intimacy is not necessarily always sexual. Mm-hmm. Intimacy is sharing the secrets, sharing the things you thought you'd never talk about, you know, those, those things that you've put away, mm -hmm. the trauma you deal with. Yeah. And specific situations uh, in specific instances in our dynamic relating to his, his own struggle to be free, as mm -hmm. free as he needs to be. Because I had experience in, a, I have experience just in a different way, the same experience. So I'm able to share whatever is, whatever I think will help him mm -hmm. understand what's going on inside him. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if I need to push him <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, into accepting something, uh -huh. something where I think that there, there's a lot of plain talk. Uh -huh. So if there's something that I need to say, I say it. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's an incredible honor to have that he gives that to me mm -hmm. just because you want to know that, you know, if you are having intimate conversations, things like that, that it's getting through. Yeah. So absolutely. that it doesn't become like leg wrestling. <laughs> Cause he also mentioned that he's, that you have been, training him to become a switch. Because you mainly live within like top realm, how does that, when you're when you're kind of giving him the lessons and kind of giving him the like training that he needs to become a switch and be able to do top and bottom, like how does that, that training work? With me, it's pretty much as it, as it arises mm -hmm. and if he lights up. Mm. So if Alan lights up when he sees something happening or sees something, then he's free to come and talk to me anytime mm -hmm. about it and if he wants to try it on somebody. Mm, okay. And this is, this is a lesson that I learned from the daddy that collared me mm -hmm. way back in 2002. Like I said, he was training me to be a top mm -hmm. as well. And that included one of our main activities was flogging. Mm. And I, I got to flog him as a training exercise one time just because he wanted to make sure that I would do it right. Mm -hmm. So teaching the techniques, which in flogging is very easy to get into if you know the right techniques and the right, and the right styles. It's almost like an art form too, it seems like. How do you experience the art form? Um, funny enough, I have never actually been interested in doing flogging, although I would not mind trying it. I'm someone that doesn't necessarily like, I hate being spanked. I don't because when I was younger, that was discipline for me against my dad. And that's a whole nother kettle of fish that he's he's a terrible person. I'll just put it that way mm -hmm. for me, like things that I want to 
experience is definitely roping, being tied up. That's something that I've always been interested in, but definitely flogging, starting very light. Start there mm-hmm. first and then see how far I'm willing to go and and let myself and then let it kind of take over a little bit and see how far is my comfort level and obviously like letting it grow over time I think is something that would make me feel like very into it if that makes sense. Yes. And the interesting thing about that is that when you say light, yes, the flogging flogging should generally always start off lightly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to not just go right in and, you know, instant <laughs> beat the shit out of you. <laughs> No, uh, but you find it's, it's the, the surprising thing is how far you actually can go under the, mm-hmm. under the uh, context of it just being a little bit, quote unquote. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For me, that's my job is mm-hmm. to pay attention to the, the bottom, the person mm-hmm. I'm flogging. Yeah. Pay attention to their body. Mm-hmm. If they've hunched their back. And so just, you can tell that they're like not feeling it. And you're like, yeah, ah. or, that it's, or that it's too intense for them. Yeah. Where safe words come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Typically, I use the stoplight. I use, I use the traffic signal. So green is go, yellow in red means stop. Mm-hmm. But yellow in this case is like a gray area. Like pull it, it back a little bit almost? Or go faster. Oh. That's how I was taught to. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Because, yeah, in, 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 a, in a good flogging, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of time that I need to repair after, it's, after it goes a little too far. I just need time to catch my breath. Yeah, absolutely. And then I and then I say green, green, green. Come on, go, fucker, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so then, what's your what's your aftercare process, especially with like Alan? How is like what's that aftercare look like for you? It looks like a long embrace, mm. both to bring them into a space of understanding and that, that that space of intimacy, but also to bring them back up. Mm-hmm. Because if you're with a flogging top and they're good enough at it, mm-hmm. you'll go to your forever place, mm. or that you'll go into that deep space and you can't just come back out of that. Yeah, there's also a space of trust mm-hmm. that has to be in the scene. Yeah, and trust and respect. Because if I respect you as a player, as a bottom, and I've done things to you, then that dictates to me that I have to wait until you are able to move around mm-hmm. the bar or the play space you you don't have to worry about what two plus two is because you know you don't have to yeah. think about that for a second yeah. and in alan's and in my case we cry oh okay when, when it's when it's a good when it's a flogging mm-hmm. yeah or something like that we cry mm. it's because for me personally i do tend to bottle up emotions mm. so it helps me uncork <laughs> yeah. Uncork that and also included in aftercare is just 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 being there with that person. Yeah. Not just to not just to bring them back up to regular regular life, mm-hmm. but to just be there with them in case they want to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Or in case he wants to ask questions or if he wants to just be there. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. I do, are there is aftercare something that is very underappreciated and something that we should be focusing on a lot as well, in addition to the acts themselves? Aftercare is a staple of play and, and dungeons and all that. Not so much underappreciated, but an average person walking up to a scene and seeing like, you know, for 10 or 15 minutes afterwards, aftercare happening and doesn't understand that. Mm-hmm. So it could be appreciated more from the witness point of view. Mm, interesting. I like, I, I, I like that. I know Lauren had brought that up too, at least in, from her perspective was very under, underappreciated and overlooked. 
mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And she was like, it's something that I would love to see more of being able to, you know, she had a couple of escapades where they basically like congratulated her for, you know, for getting to squirt or for like doing certain things. And it was like a, whoa, I, mm-hmm. I would love to see more of that. Cause we, I feel like, especially because we're so persecuted that when we do these things, it's like, let's just celebrate the fact that we got to have this moment together and mm-hmm. experience this this moment in time together and thank you and you're appreciated and loved and it's something that i even think that we don't do enough of that i think it should be done a lot more here's an interesting thing about play in a dungeon or play in a bar space mm-hmm. there's more than just the do- the top and the bottom Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. everybody else that sees it that pay, that's paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. One of the more memorable scenes uh, for me was I was at the space where the five six two is now, but then it was called Pistons. Yes, I, I yeah. do, I've heard about this. Okay, go for it. And I was watching somebody. I was watching two players that I had come to know and respect. They were having an intense scene on where the stage is or mm. will be. Yes, and I, I I found tears were dropping from my eyes. Mm. And so people came up to me and asked, you know, they because they 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 knew and they asked about it, and I was ex- I was able to explain to them how how I felt watching that, what I what I felt from previous experiences as a flogging bottom, mm-hmm. and th- that's that's where the intimacy also continues mm-hmm. or can 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 bleed into is it, it brings other people in, they ask you questions, mm-hmm. and they might walk away with a hmm, that's interesting to know, or hmm, that's interesting to know, maybe I'd like to try this next time I'm here. Mm, interesting, okay, huh. So do you, would you consider yourself also like a voyeur as well? Yeah, yes. I'm on, I'm on the same boat. I said this, thank God my roommates are not here, but I actually cut it out of the last episode, but I have a roommate of mine who, Likes to get a little freaky in our in our apartment, but thankfully mm-hmm. it's in a different bedroom that's actually that's close to this wall that I'm up against. And for me, like I just love the when sex is present, it's hot. And I'm like, ooh, this is really great. And so I actually there are times where he would be hooking up with someone and I would make it a point to you know kind of touch myself and jerk off because i because it got me hot i was like someone's someone's getting fucked like go you for and for me too i feel like even like the act of like pleasuring myself off of what was happening in that room almost for me was like a way of like cheering them on of like you're doing something that's getting me off like Mm -hmm. props to you fuckers i'm like great like there was one particular incident that it was him and a friend of his that I had just met that day. And he was basically like, hey, just heads up. We may probably fuck. No big deal. I'm like, at least just let me, like, just make enough to where I can at least pleasure myself out of everything. <laughs> uh-huh. And what had happened, what what had happened was uh- <laughs> this, did, they were, he was blowing him for a little bit. They came out, they watched TV. I got to the point, like, I went to bed by about about midnight, one o'clock in the morning, they were going at it. Uh To the point that I was knocked out, couldn't hear what was going on. My roommate came into the apartment and overheard them going to town. And he basically goes, "Um, I'm pretty certain I just heard uh, our roommate get laid. And I was like, damn it. Like, I want to be there for that. (laughs) You know, for me, like voyeurism 
in that regard is something that I would say like, if I'm touching myself, it's more of just like a, you are doing something that makes me feel good and mm-hmm. and you're doing something that's really great. Is that something that can, happens? Like if there's a scene going on in a bar, do people touch themselves? Or do people just go through? Or is it kind of like a mixed bag? Like Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not going to be straight out Roman orgy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. Um, I mean, unless it's in a bathhouse, which is ideally when that that that's ideally the hottest space for that to happen but yeah people are noticing they are they're aware of what's going on inside themselves and you know hands may start to wander Mm -hmm. yeah it just happens yeah and it does because it's just as as i understand it from you it's just something that is not necessarily being thrust on you but it is yeah but it's something that i'm like i have no issue like granted i i'm jealous that They're having fun and I'm not getting any, but you know, just the fact that like sex is happening and like, it's great, especially because this particular individual also is someone that, um, doesn't like to talk about it. Like, we'll like, if he's had a couple drinks, he will talk about it a little bit, but like, he always is like kind of embarrassed. Like, why are you embarrassed? Like sex is sex and it's fun it's meant to be great and it's a human thing there's nothing to be ashamed about like i walked in on him and my other roommate going at it and i was gonna drop the mail and was like oop shut the door and then immediately he's like oh my god he saw us getting naked and my other roommate's like he's seen me naked he's he we've had sex before like Mm -hmm. you know and so he's like he doesn't give a shit like like (laughs) they got to the point where they know that i don't give a fuck and if anything Mm -hmm. i'm gonna probably put my ear against the wall jerk off and then just like go about the rest of my day no big deal you know so it's like so i'm still getting used to the fact that sex happens and it can happen in front of me especially like rough trade gear i was there when they were doing a car wash they're butt-ass naked there are almost a few a bunch of them butt-ass naked but they had a sling set up someone was getting eaten out and then at one point they flipped and he was blowing the guy that was eating him out and there's mm-hmm. just nakedness everywhere. And I'm like, fuck, if I could if I could just like walk down and go, who wants in? Like I would totally do it. But I also come from this way of like exi- like sex should only belong in a bedroom and not just, you know, outside, which is again something that I'm also trying to get over. And I think it also has something to do with the way that I feel about my body. That I do yes. get a little a, a little <laughs> dysmorphic about my body but i also just posted a photo of me not naked but in underwear and posted it and the amount of people that were like fuck yes go for it Mm -hmm. almost makes me want to do it more and be and and continue doing it more and because of this this new sexual revolution has allowed people to just go hey let's go fuck or like, Hey, let's go, go off into the bushes and let's go have some fun and, you know, explore a little bit yes. and not be so confined to just the bedroom while the bedroom's great. Yes. Dip into the bushes a little bit <laughs> and fuck around a little bit. I want to go back to the whole title hold and where you are right now in your journey. Mm-hmm. So be, you are currently right now, just Mr. Long Beach leather. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself going on post this title? Oh, do you want to go up more in like Mr. LA leather and IML? Oh, like- okay. Long Beach and Los Angeles leather are separate. Oh, got it. Okay. 
So they're, yeah, they're not in the same system. Um, okay. There is the theater system that uh, Joey and Alan are part of, mm -hmm. which is, is a, a good thing to uh, experience. Mm -hmm. And in the case of IML, you actually have to have a title to compete, mm -hmm. whether it's current or not, uh, mm -hmm. especially this year is going to be uh, an interesting thing. Depending on what happens uh, at IML, where I could hear my name, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> depending on that, you know, that will, that will direct my path for the, for the year, for the year or time period following. But as for me, this would probably be the last time that I go go this route because mm -hmm. it was just something I said for years and years that I said, well, I'm going to do this one more time. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do it one more time. But that's it after that. This would, yeah. this would be me hanging it up afterwards and still, and going back to kind of what I was doing before I was Mr. Long Beach, which is being in the community and mentoring and ushering in other people. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. And Los Angeles is, is one of the strongest as far as feeder contests. Mm -hmm. um, other cities have tried it and not gotten the same consistent results. Mm -hmm. okay. Whereas the Los Angeles Leather Coalition operates from the feeder system and they have year after year after year since uh, 1999 mm -hmm. had this feeder contest system. So it's down. It's they, they have it down as far as what to expect the calendar mm -hmm. of events. Yeah. And yeah. So, the, and so they have, I don't want to say the market on it, but I, I don't know of any other community that or region that, that does, does it, it like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Oh dear, sir. <laughs> we have hit over an hour. Can you believe okay. that? So I have one final question for you. Am I, do I have your consent for one last question? Yes. So the final question I have for you, what does sex mean to you? Ooh. <laughs> what hasn't sex meant to me? <laughs> it is liberation. Mm -hmm. It is being in the moment. Yeah. It is balls to the wall. Mm -hmm. It is just something that you do when you do it. Get into it. Mm -hmm. Get into it, girl. <laughs> yes. And just have fun. Be yourself. You learn so much about yourself mm -hmm. in those situations. Yeah. That is. That is what sex is. Sex mm -hmm. is. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, it, it's, it, it is, it's a lot of things to a lot of different people and how they interpret it. So I completely understand. So... Thank you, Eric, for coming on to Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. It's been quite the pleasure. Thank you. So would you do me a huge favor? Go ahead and whore yourself out. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me at, I have a title page for Mr. Long Beach Leather on Facebook. Okay. And also I have a uh, blog space called New Horizons for 50. Uh, and I started that before I became Mr. Long Beach Leather, but I also have the current project that I'm working on housed there, so to speak, until the web presence gets fully up. The, the project is called Language of Love, Ooh. and it's a bi-monthly print and art publication mm -hmm. that will also have video components and audio components. It's a presence that is specifically because it's a way for us to transition out of COVID and back into whatever the new normal is going to be. Mm. So each issue has a theme. The first issue was place, which is home, mm. uh, where you belong. And the next issue, which is coming up in May, will be about the subject of healing. Ooh. Yeah. Definitely and you so, keep an eye out for that one. That sounds lovely. I um, am over the moon with the kinds of responses that uh -huh. I got and just people pouring themselves out mm. on paper without 
without me having to say a word. God, I love that. Well, everyone, if you want to continue following and keep it up to date on Eric's, all of his journeys, missions, and sexual escapades, the links will be included in the show description down below. So thank you everyone for joining us for another really good episode of Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. I am your favorite Uncle Forrest. And I am Eric Crow, Mr. Long Beach Leather 2019. And always remember to stay open, stay curious, and stay coming. coming. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another exciting episode of Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. Have a question or topic suggestion we should cover? Send an email to comingpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow our official Instagram at Coming and Other Stuff. Come again soon. Bye.